Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1, where we challenge the assumptions of our current society to resist oppression and investigate alternative ways of living for a world based on justice, solidarity, and sustainability. Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM. That's your local community radio station. Uh, my name is Andy and I will be hanging out with you for the next hour. Of course, broadcasting on the lands of Jagger and Turrbal people and uh, beyond into actually surrounding clans in southeast Queensland. And if you are listening through the wonders of the internet, it could be anywhere, but um, worth uh Remembering that this country does not belong to us to do as we please, and we're connected to it, and that's part of the theme of the show today. We're going to be talking a bit about fracking, and in particular about the big news that sort of passed by a lot of people unnoticed this week, because in the way that all news seems to be passing by unnoticed other than a certain funeral at the moment. But the big news was that Origin Energy, one of the biggest uh, gas companies in this country, sold its stake in several gas fields around the country, in the Kimberley, in the northwest, in the uh, Beetaloo Basin, in sort of the centre, and in the Western Downs, Lake Eyre Basin in uh, southwestern Queensland. What does it mean? Um, is this a sign that the um, the dominance, these big gas companies are fracking with no concern for either our climate or our water tables is coming to an end? Well, hopefully, um, but that's what we're going to be looking into over the course of the next hour. I spoke with Hannah Eakin from the Arid Lands Environment Centre about uh what it might mean in the territory there where there's been a very high-profile resistance to fracking the Beetaloo Basin. And I also spoke with Ray Dimakari dixon who's a Mudborough man um, based in Marlinger near Elliot, right in the middle of the Beetaloo Basin, who has been resisting it for a long time. Um, we talked to him about what it means for his country, the threat of fracking and what it meant to get that news this week. And then finally, we will hear from Ellen Roberts, who's based here in Brisbane, to talk a bit more uh, specifically in Queensland about what it means um, for uh, that potential, the proposed fracking in the floodlands, floodplains of the Western Downs, but also um, about the projects that Origin did not sell its stake in, uh, such as the APLNG proposed project uh, near... Carnarvon Gorge in central Queensland. So it'll uh, be all about uh, gas today and all about 
uh, trying to figure out how best we can keep all that gas in the ground and protect it. Of course, if you cast your mind back a couple of years, you will remember the federal government at the start of the COVID pandemic talking up a gas-fired recovery that they were going to pump hundreds of millions of dollars into subsidising the gas companies, which, let's face it, do not need the handouts um, to help them dig more gas out of the ground. Fortunately, a lot of that money never actually made it to them, like a lot of ScoMo's promises, one might say. But um, the... Uh, yeah, in general, we still have a government that is in favour of these big companies digging this up, and of course, there's immense climate impacts as well as the local water impacts. And so, for those of us concerned about our planet, it is something that we need to keep paying attention to and keep uh, trying to stop. So, anyway, let's get into it. Let's have a listen to Hannah Eakin, um, and stay tuned. My name is Hannah Eakin and I work for Arid Lands Environment Centre in the Bantua Al Springs um, and am part of the campaign to stop fracking in the NT. It's been a big news week in the world of fracking in the NT with Origin mm-hmm. Energy's announcement that they were going to be selling their stake in the uh, Beedaloo Basin project. Um, but first off, maybe for those of us in Queensland, can you give us some idea of where is the Beedaloo Basin and what are we talking about here? So the Beedaloo Basin um, is uh, between, sort of halfway between Alice Springs and Darwin from um, a small town called Elliot, sort of at the south end, up to near Mataranka Springs and across to Borroloola. So we're looking at a really large area. It's about half the size of Tasmania um, and it is in kind of uh, semi semi-tropical, semi-arid country. Um, There's a whole lot of um, Aboriginal communities and outstations there. There's cattle stations um, and it covers some kind of a few really important wetlands are in that region um, and it's one like really large aquifer that connects a lot of the centre of the NT. So you mentioned there that there's a number of Indigenous communities there and also cattle stations, and both these groups have been outspoken um, in their opposition to the fracking there, haven't they? Yeah, so there's been, you know, the, um, when they first started opening up exploration licences for fracking in the NT over a decade ago, um, there was, you know, people had never heard of what fracking was, it was a new concept, but... Since then, there's been a really strong um, community campaign led by traditional owners and affected communities of that region um, saying that we don't want fracking. And there's been, yeah, like a sort of real groundswell of resistance across the NT in support of those affected people for the best part of a decade now. And so the announcement this week, did it come as a surprise? Origin Energy held the majority stake, I think about 75% of the... Um, capital for the um, Beedaloo project and they've sold on. How was the news taken? The news did come as a a bit of a surprise. I mean, Origin has been under huge pressure, like their reputation has been severely damaged by their involvement in this very controversial, as it's been reported, or very unpopular gas basin. They've been getting pressure from shareholders, from customers for many years now. There's been, you know, groups like 
Seed and GetUp have been targeting their um, their offices in Sydney, and it's become really like quite a national issue for them. So in some ways, it's not a surprise. Um, and we also have been telling them for many, many years that the economics of this basin just don't line up. It's really far away, and by the time you ship that gas to market, it's looking at being you know twelve dollars or something a gigajoule, which just doesn't compete with conventional gas that exists and certainly doesn't compete with renewables. So we've, you know, it seems it was sort of a matter of time, we thought, before the the market for opening up new gas basins becomes too dodgy for a big company like Origin to want to invest in. But at the same time, um, you know, we weren't expecting it this week and it was a real shock and a joy for lots of people who've been fighting it for a very long time. Mm. They did sell it at quite a loss, right? They lost something like $90 million um, in the sale. And so uh, it does really seem like it's a win for those of us who have been opposing gas, that it's just becoming too unprofitable even to manage. And big companies like Origin are just trying to get out of it while they can. Yeah, it's super interesting. Um, You know, they also pulled out of the Kimberleys and um, Channel Country in Western Queensland where they all set up exploration permits or they haven't sold those yet. And they said explicitly that they wanted to do so to move towards a strategy of, um, you know, investing in renewable energy. And so that's a really, like, it's really great to hear that that message is starting to get through and large um, companies like Origin are seeing that that's where the future is, not in opening up new gas basins. Um, and, yeah, they sold it at a $90 million loss because they've invested heaps and heaps of money over te- the last 10 years. And so we really, you know, we do see that as a bit of a, a sign of the times. However, like, the fight's not over. They sold it to another company called Tambaran Resources, who in many ways are just dodgier and more aggressive, so a lot, lot smaller, 1% the size of origin. And this seems to be, you know, where things are going, is as these, like, blue chip or whatever large companies see the writing on the wall, the people who are willing to take those high risks with trying to sink capital into um, developing unconventional gas basins like the Beedaloo are the sort of ones who are willing to cut the most corners and actually don't give a fuck about their reputation. (laughs) Um, And so that's kind of what we're fighting now. Yeah, well, that was going to be my next uh, question. I guess what does the future of this campaign look like now with um, Tambaran holding the entire lease? Well, we've got so we've got Tambaran, we've got Santos, um, and we've got Empire Energy and Falcon Oil and Gas, who are active in the Beedaloo Basin. Um, you know, history tells us that generally it can be quite hard for small companies to get to production because there's just such a big jump in terms of building pipelines and making agreements and those kind of things. However, um, the NT government has really been um, doubling down on trying to get to a stage where they can sign off on what we call production leases, so licences to actually mine and sell the gas because we're still at the stage of exploration at the moment. Um, And they are, you know, putting through a whole lot of dodgy legislation, water allocation plans that wouldn't leave any water left for communities um, in the region and fudging the books around, you know, considering fudging, fudging the books around emissions, which has been a real sticking point for this gas basin because they made a commitment, the Northern Territory government, that um, the Beedaloo Basin wouldn't increase uh, the NT's emissions, net, that would be no net increase to um, the NT's emissions. And so they're 
scrambling to find a way to say that that's possible. So we're still really keeping our eye on, you know, what happens. And we it, it's really an important time to be applying political pressure. Like, it feels like it could go one of two ways. You know, they could double down and we could have this scenario of this horrible um, gas field ramping up in the next few years or if the community pressure, you know, keeps going and really pushes them over the edge and we hold them off that bit longer, like, inevitably, the the, the long-term future for gas is really not good. Mm. I did see Tambaran in their announcement when they bought um, Origin Stakes say that they uh, were on track to be a net zero, or the Beetaloo project is on track to be net zero by 2025. I mean, that's just a ridiculous claim, right? Is there anything to that? No, there's absolutely nothing to that. It's a crock of shit. Um, I think, you know, companies like Tambran, like they might actually be up for greenwashing with the ACCC or something with those kind of claims because there's absolutely no way of making a net zero new gas field. And this is the sort of like lies that we've been fighting for many years now. Um, you know, there's talk of offsetting and of carbon capture and storage. But the truth is these things are largely fiddling around the edges. You know, offset, there's not enough offsets in the whole of accredited offsets in the whole of Australia to um, account for the amount of uh, greenhouse gas emissions that would be released by the Bigaloo Basin. Carbon capture and storage is l- proven to be a complete failure over the last 30 years. And so, yeah, we... I mean, I think think you can take those kind of statements with a grain of salt, but it shows that even the most dodgy companies like Tambaran, which are run by, you know, which don't have the same kind of um, reputational risks that Origin has around um, selling uh, energy to the public, still have to say those things, even if um, there's not really any credit, anything credible behind them in order to justify opening up new gas fields at this time. Mm. Well, I guess finally we've got... Uh, big companies selling out. We've got uh, Labor governments both in federal and in the territory there who presumably could uh, move a bit. What's next for the campaign to try to stop uh, altogether fracking in the Beetaloo Basin? I mean, there's a number of different fronts to this campaign. Uh, we'll be pushing really hard uh, against Tamaran and they're going to be hopefully uh, there's a Senate inquiry into them and a number of other companies that received um, public money from the government, the federal government, uh, during Morrison time, and we're going to be really pushing to roll back those subsidies because that's what they will be wanting to... They'll be wanting large amounts of federal government money um, to be able to move towards production. So we're going to be really ramping up the public pressure, asking the government not to fund this industry, which is deeply unpopular and climate-wrecking. And we will be... Yeah, there's the um, traditional ends and pastoralists are continuing to resist um, efforts from the companies as they ramp up towards production. There's going to be a whole lot more kind of permissions that they're going to be needing to get. And yeah, it'll be a a, a multi-pronged fight, um, but there's no sign of community giving up anytime soon. And so we're just going to keep holding them off until they're done. If people want to find out anything more about the campaign, how can they do that? Uh, there's a Facebook page called Don't Frack the Territory that gets regularly updated with news and also with you know events and invites and ways that you can get involved. Um, there's a number of different organisations on this side if you're outside of the NT. Um, national organisations like Get Up and Seed have long had campaigns um, around 
not fracking territory that you can find on their websites um, or you can check out Protect Country Alliance um, website if you Google that. Okay, thanks, Hannah. Thank you. On Paradigm Shift on Fortable Z, we were speaking with Hannah Eakin from the Arid Lands Environment Centre about the announcement at the beginning of this week that Origin Energy would be selling its stake in a few different gas fields around the country, but um, the most high profile being that in what the the gas industry calls the Beetaloo Basin. Of course, all they see is a um, a pool of gas under the ground, but what for uh, the Aboriginal people who live in the area is a number of different Aboriginal countries, um, as we will hear. Uh, I did get a text in. It's great to be back in the 4ZZZ studio after a few months of sending the show in remotely, um, partly because it means I can read the texts that people send in <laughs> during the show. Apologies if you have texted in at any time in the last few months and I never responded to it while the show was on. Um, I wasn't here to see it. But uh, Dave Whitfield, who uh, you may know as the host of Eco Radio on Wednesdays at midday, great 4 Z show, highlighted what Hannah said, that the licenses getting taken up by smaller companies actually increases the chance that there's more um, cutting corners and kind of dodginess in building these projects. And so we shouldn't celebrate just yet. I think it's also worth noting as well that... Um, Often these companies will snap up these leases in the hope that if the price of gas goes back up again, they can sell them on to bigger companies as well. And anytime you hear a, um, a company saying that, oh, we're not going to explore it, we're going to hold on to the lease but not going to explore it, it's worth remembering that. Um, but it will certainly be harder for Tambaran, the um, new holders of that uh, they were already held part of the lease and now they hold almost all of it there on the Beetaloo Basin. It'll certainly be harder for them to have the capital to get it off the ground and things like that. And so it is um, a bit of a win for us this week in protecting water, protecting the climate and protecting Indigenous country. Speaking of which, I did speak with Ray Dimakari Dixon, who is a Mudborough man. You heard him singing just before in his own language. Um, he lives in Marlinya near Elliot in the Northern Territory um, and he's been for a long time uh, fighting to protect his country from these gas companies so uh, I thought I'd chat to him about what that's been like and what it was like receiving the news this week. My name is Ray Dimagari Dixon. I'm a Mutbara man and I'm from the Northern Territory a place called Malinga near Elliot and the Northern Territory. It's 730 k's north when you're going to Darwin and 730 k's when you're going south to Alice Springs. So a lot of us in Queensland have never been to Elliot, um, but that's your country. Can you give us a bit of an idea of what the country's like? This country, it's all countries that are like Bit of, bit of, bit of both. I think Barkley and a little bit of desert and a little bit of, little bit of the tropical so country. We we sort of in, in the middle there, but we we we're kind of like in in that kind of area, you know. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful spot. We're located in that area where you can do a lot of hunting, and we go fishing. Not not like a big river. It's a sort of. It's a lake sort of thing, you know, you can still get a 
you're still going to get a fish, like, small, you know, good size, um, silver perch from from a, from a lake, from lagoon. So that's, that's still a hunting thing for us. And we go camping and, we, yeah, hunt for kangaroo, turkey. We love to do that kind of thing in, on country, yeah. Mm. So your country has been in the news a little bit more recently because of uh, the attempts of a few companies to extract gas from there. I mean, for Mudborough people, what did it mean to discover that companies were going to try to extract gas from there? For Mudborough people, countries, countries have been here for, for decades, you know, and for history, we, we look after our environment, we we share our, our thing with the country, you know? And we don't like the idea of mining company coming and sort of destroying our, our country, especially our water. Yeah, fracking has been proven to be very bad for underground water tables, and I suppose in that um, part of the country, I mean, it's part of it's arid and the other, rest of it is um, sort of subtropical, and so you'd be dry and wet and you'd a lot of the year you'd be relying on groundwater as well, hey? There'd be very serious concerns in a dry place like that um, about the water safety of fracking, hey? Correct. You're right. And we are, we are concerned, and for me and my family, we are, we are deeply concerned about it because water is, is life out here. And the last thing we don't want to drink water... Um, when it's contaminated, you know? Yeah. And I don't want to see our, our country go that way in the future for, for a young generation. We need to stop breaking and mining company and government need to stop giving mining company money for frack on our country. It's, it's, that's, that's, under the, that's under the story there. Mm. That shouldn't be. Because that that they're just they're just taking our taking our country for for their use, but for us we've been living on it, you know. It's yeah. a survival. Yeah. And what about climate change? There's been a lot of talk about the effects that uh, gas, like what's underneath your country, you know. That burning it, the effect it has on our climate and changing weather. Is that something that you've noticed there in Mudborough country? The climate change is, is, is happening, it's changing, yeah. And we had drought, you know, it wasn't normal, you know, for us. We never, we never had that kind of thing before. It, 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 it is changing and you know, mining company gonna stop doing. You know, like I'm saying now, government gonna stop giving out money to a mining company. They gotta stop doing these things because we, you know, we need we need water to 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 live on. With, you know, with all this with all this change. Yeah. We can't we can we can live without water and. Mm. So, as part of the campaign against fracking, you've been um, travelling around, you've been trying to um, lobby some of these gas companies to 
to stop fracking your country. Can you tell us what it's looked like, that campaign, and um, where it's taken you? It was a experience for me, and it was a, it's a challenge in my life to my family, and it's been a lot of, lot of stress in my in, in my journey and with, with my family journey as well. But campaigning is, is pretty pretty powerful, and Aboriginal voice, you know, are powerful. We need we need more more Aboriginal people to understand about this 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 big issue happening for us, you know, in, on our country. We're, we're gonna we're gonna have to do that kind of stuff and tell tell Gladia, tell Gladiba, you know, stop doing this this kind of thing to us to, to our land. You just they are treating us like. Like we we're not we're not from here, you know, but we are from here. We've been here from from the beginning. Mm. We've been talking to on Oregon. Oregon was working here for ten years, and we we had a phone call another day, and that you know I. I feel really privileged for for doing campaigning and getting getting other people from Lock the Gate and from other Norlingi and from other other community members like Barilla and a lot of lot of indigenous people telling us for for their for the homeland, for their country. Mm. You know? Putting putting origin putting origin out, you know, because it's it's a relief for us, you know, for me and for, for others, you know. Yeah, what was the feeling like this week when um, Origin announced that they were going to be selling their share? It'll, it'll be a lot harder for any companies to frack the Beetaloo now. How did you feel? I feel I feel emotionally. I feel um yeah, I feel that way, and I feel. I feel I, you know, it is a relief for us, and it's a it's a big stepping stepping thing forward for us. And continue, we we're not, we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop. I'm fighting all these um, mining company, you know, and uh, the next one coming, we were still gonna we're still gonna remind them, you know, this is not your land. This, this is our land. And we don't want you to frack on our land. Yeah, it's still a, a big fight, isn't it? You've had a, a little win here, but not quite over yet. What comes next for Mudborough people and all the other people who are living on that country trying to protect it? I think for Mudborough and, and other surrounding traditional owners around this area, I think we need to stand together. And tell money company, you know, what about them coming at us and destroying our our country? You know, that's not that's not the right thing to do. You know, they should they should they should they they need to listen to our story. They need to respect our story. And I said this all along. You know, I said this all the time. You know, 
mining company need to understand what they're doing to to country, and the government need to un- government need to understand that we we belong to you. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much, Ray, for having a chat to us today. My honor and my respect to share my story with you, and it's a still still fight to go on forward, you know. Yeah. For our country, and especially for fracking and water, really. Yeah, it's it's, it's very very important for us. Okay. Thanks, Ray. Thank you. That's the genuine sounds of the outback there. Those crows are cawing away in the background. Uh, that's Ray Dimakari Dixon on the phone from Marlinger in the Northern Territory who has been standing up against fracking on his country, Mudborough country in um, near Elias, sort of halfway between Darwin and Alice Springs. And they've had a bit of a win this week with Origin Energy selling on their stake in it. So... We've heard what it means for the Territory and uh, in our last interview we're going to hear what it means for Queensland. I spoke with Ellen Roberts who's based here in Brisbane with Lock the Gate um, about a couple of different projects. One is another one which Origin has just sold on actually in what's called the Western Downs, the far kind of southwest of Queensland, the Lake Air Basin, as the mining industry calls it. Again, all they see is uh, these basins underground. That's all these places mean to them is what's stored under the earth. But um, so they've sold on their stake and it's unclear what happens now. But part of the other issue about that is that these areas, as we'll hear from Ellen, is uh, quite unique ecosystems and it's floodplains uh, and so the issues with water there are significant and the Queensland Labor government has promised to protect them but as yet has done nothing about um, reining in those gas companies taking back those leases or anything and so we'll find out what else we have to do and also what's Origin Energy still involved in they've still got their uh, fingers in the gas and fracking jar further north in Queensland, up near uh, Carnarvon Gorge. So let's have a listen to Ellen and find out more. My name's Ellen Roberts. I'm the National Coordinator of Lock the Gate Alliance. And there's been some big news in the gas world this week with Origin Energy selling its stake in the proposed Beedaloo Basin as well as a couple other gas fields around the country. Can you tell us a bit more? Well, huge news um, from Origin this week. On Monday, they said that they were going to sell 100% of their interest um, in gas in the Beedaloo Basin to their partner there, Tamburan, a US-based company. And they've also um, got exploration activities in the Kimberley and in far western Queensland, and they've said that they're going to exit those. So very clear path forward in the Northern Territory in terms of selling to Tamburan, but then they're looking to get out of um, both Kimberley and um, the Channel Country in Western Queensland. So what's behind this? Has Origin Energy suddenly realised the climate impacts of gas? Well, I mean, I think that certainly had a part to play in it. Um, So the Origin AGM was coming up um, in October and they were going to have this kind of whole say on climate process that they were putting to the shareholders at the AGM but they were excluding the emissions from these fracking projects from the Beedaloo, from the Kimberley um, and from the Lake Air Basin from the calculations of their own emissions. 
So it was really getting to kind of crunch point in terms of the internal inconsistency, Origin saying that they were acting in line with the Paris Agreement, you know, committed to 1.5 degrees, um, but that they were still pursuing massive gas expansion in Australia. So they had suffered a lot of reputational damage. They've suffered, you know, pressure from investors, from their staff, from their customers. And so I think the fact that this announcement was made exactly one month out from the AGM um, just shows, I think, like the company was just unable to... to um, to kind of hold these big fracking projects and then also this climate process. So what does that campaign look like against Origin? I mean, it's been across three states and I think it's probably important to, to recognise, obviously, Origin isn't out of gas completely. And if you read their statements from Monday about um, getting out of the basins, it's like they will they still think that gas is very important as a transition fuel they have, have an agreement with um, Tamaran to purchase that gas. Um, and crucially as well, they're still involved in a joint venture in Queensland, um, APLNG, which is going to still, um, you know, go ahead with the gas expansion in Queensland. So I don't want to pretend that Origin is now gone from this dirty gas player to, um, to being completely clean. But in terms of you know, the campaign against their fracking activities, very much um, led by Aboriginal communities across the Northern Territory who've been opposing them for many, many years um, in, like, you know, community activities on the ground, um, being a very strong voice in the Northern Territory um, moratorium. They had a moratorium on fracking for a while. But also those communities being very much part of the corporate campaign, so travelling down to AGMs, um, doing all that stuff online, during COVID, um, meeting with um, Origin investors, people being outside Origin offices, handing out um, pamphlets to staff as they go in and out. So that's over many years. Um, Seed Mob have been very involved in it, Original Power, um, Lock the Gate, as well as Get Up. Um, so there's been a whole bunch of organisations working on it, but very much led by traditional owners. Yeah, so the big elephant in the room on this week's announcement, as you say, is the APLNG project, which Origin is still involved in and hoping to expand. Can you tell us more about that? So um, Asia Pacific LNG is a joint venture between Origin and two other companies, and they want to drill, um, they're calling it the Gas Supply Security Project, and they want to drill across nearly... 500,000 hectares of, of central and southwest Queensland. Um, you know, that's a huge that's a huge size. Um, and, you know, rel- we've brought us two national parks. Um, people probably know the Carnarvon National Park, but also the Expedition National Park. Um, and, it, like, this is, you know, Queensland is really um, ground zero for um, conventional onshore gas in Australia, and so this is a, another huge expansion of, of gas here. Um so, yeah, like, we, you know, we're really looking at those industrialisation of those landscapes in, in sort of central Queensland there. And Queensland really has been the centre of the gas industry's push into uh, fracking, a controversial method of extraction. And there have been big protests against 
uh, fracking in places like the Scenic Rim and the Darling Downs. And as well as that APLNG project, another uh, gas field in Queensland was concerned in Origin's announcement this week, which is in the Lake Eyre Basin in the far southwest of the state. It's a long way away from us here in Brisbane and from the media attention, but can you tell us what's happening there in the Western Downs? So the the reason it's kind of um, Queensland, the Labor Party made a commitment in 2015 that they were going to protect the floodplains of the Lake Eyre Basin. So there's a very unique um, kind of landscape out there in flood. The water kind of runs through these braided channels. Um, so the way that the water moves through the landscape is really unique and the whole kind of the river system with the Cooper and the Thompson is one of the last free-flowing river systems in the world. So very kind of unique and important landscape to protect. Um, and Queensland Labor made a commitment that they were going to protect the, that, that floodplain area when they were elected in 2015. We're now at 2022 and that commitment is yet to be acted on. So Santos is has been producing gas out there for many decades um, in the Lake Air Basin um, and they want to continue to expand. And then previously in the Lake Air Basin, Origin had expressed an interest in unconventional gas. So there's both conventional and unconventional gas. And generally, um, it's a bit of a simplification, but unconventional gas is the one that's it's harder to remove and, and often requires fracking, although conventional out there also requires fracking. So there was looking to be a big gas expansion in this very ecologically sensitive area that, as you can imagine, extremely important cultural significance um, for the Mythica and other people out there as well. So there's been this big debate between the gas industry um, and environmentalists about getting gas off the floodplains. Um, And so Origin, Santos is already out there. Origin was looking to come in really big and heavy. um, And we're actually at a decision right point right now where the Queensland government is going to be making a decision about whether they will kick gas off the floodplains um, and they'll do that in the next couple of months. And it's extraordinarily significant for Queensland just because the conventional, the unconventional onshore gas industry has got such a hold in Queensland, you know, compared to the other states. Booted out of Victoria, lots of no-go, zone, lots of no-go zones in, in New South Wales, no-go zones in WA as well, whereas Queensland has just been a free-for-all. And so this would be the first time in Queensland that there would be an area of the state that would be a no-go zone for gas. So it's a very, it's not a huge area relative to the size of Queensland, but it's very, um, very significant um, in terms of, as I say, the significance of the area, but also what it means for the gas industry, which is why they're pushing back so hard. So, yeah, Origin pulling out of the Lake Air Basin is is good. Um, doesn't mean that other gas companies won't take over origins leases but it just really puts the pressure i think on queensland government to step in now is an excellent opportunity for them to step in and actually finally protect the floodplains of the lake air basin so if people are concerned with keeping that gas in the ground and protecting that fragile ecosystem in the western downs is it uh, time to be pressuring the government and what should we be doing Absolutely it is. Um, so there will be a formal consultation process. Like um, there's going to be a number of options. Basically, uh, Queensland government will say, what do you think people of Queensland? Should we let the gas industry expand um, uncontrolled on the floodplains all the way through to 
a ban on that area so people will have an opportunity to have have their say um but we we're also as lock the gate you know it's not just about consultation processes but we organized a rally the other day and we'll have more activities coming up um like that over the next couple of months so you can check out there's a whole information page about um gas in the lake air basin on the lock the gate site including signing a petition and we'll have information there about the consultation and about events that we've got coming up in brisbane I think it's obviously it's really crucial to be talking to the people, you know, who live out there, but this is an issue of significance to everyone in the state, so be an important time wherever you are in Queensland um, and possibly Australia to have your say about protecting this precious area. Okay, thanks very much, Ellen. Cool. Thanks, Andy. Nice to talk to you. On the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ, you just heard Ellen Roberts talking about the situation of gas extraction in Queensland and of people trying to stop it. Um, we have been venturing across the country today on the show talking to different people from different areas of Australia. But of course, the struggle is going on around the world as well. You may remember a few years ago, the uh, fight over the Dakota Access Pipeline and the massive indigenous resistance to it at Standing Rock. Well, that indigenous resistance in North America is still going on. Uh, most recently, the Wet'suwet'en uh, Nation uh, opposing the Coastal Gas Link Pipeline, and they have actually been traveling around Canada, getting together all the different indigenous nations there to um, have a united front against uh, gas companies exploiting their country and paying lip service to uh, caring for the Indigenous people or the environment in general. The same thing as in Australia. We spoke with Ray Dimakari Dixon before. He's Mudbura, but a lot of the Aboriginal nations around there, around Elliot, um, around Catherine, around Borolula, um, Mataranka, they have all been in their own way resisting the um, Beetaloo Basin project and... Of course, uh, across Australia, Aboriginal people have been so involved in campaigns for conservation. Another one this week that was a bit of a win, actually, in the gas industry too, was Tiwi Islanders. The Tiwi Islands, just north of Darwin, um, and the Munapai people there, they've been in court, in the federal court, against uh, Santos's Barossa project, which is a huge offshore gas drilling project. And they had a bit of a win in court um, where it was said that the they were not properly consulted um, before the approval was granted for the Barossa project at the start of this year. And so uh, Santos there will have to go back and re-assess, uh, uh, consult with them and the approval basis project process will happen again uh, so hopefully we'll see uh, a real big win there and that project will actually be stopped but uh, amazing effort by them as well and it's one of the big issues for us when it comes to indigenous rights in this country of course on the show recently we've also been speaking with people from uh, the Pilbara in Western Australia who are against the expansion of the Woodside's uh, gas processing facilities on the northwest shelf there, which will come with the Scarborough Gas Offshore Project as well. So across the country and across the globe, Indigenous people are trying to stop these gas companies and protect their country. 
that's about all I have time for on the show. We'll, of course, keep going, keep trying to connect uh, you with struggles that are happening around the country and the world and try to give voice to the people that are um, fighting for change. And so keep tuning in. I'll see you next week.